of San Francisco Ballet. I'd like to welcome you to the War Memorial Opera House and the Meet the Artist program. My name is Cheryl Osola, and I'm a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. Thanks for joining us tonight. For the benefit of those who tune in to us via podcast, today is Friday, February 5th, 2016. And now, please welcome my guest, soloist Jennifer Stahl. Hello. Before we start our chat, I'd just like to give you a little bit of info. First, we will have time for some questions at the end. Also, many of the Meet the Artist interviews are available via podcast at our website, sfballet.org, where you'll also find the company's blog, Open Studio 455, as well as dancer bios, casting information, program notes, and information about upcoming events and education programs. And you can also connect with us uh, online via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So my guest, Jennifer Stahl, trained at San Francisco Ballet School and joined the company in 2006. In 2013, she was promoted to soloist after her opening night performance in the world premiere of Yuri Posakov's Rite of Spring. It wasn't exactly a surprise to those of us who have seen her all these years because she's danced many soloist and principal roles along the way in a wide range of ballets. <clears throat> so, you know, hopefully we'll maybe touch on a few of those, but for now, let's just start with program one. And actually, Jennifer is dancing tonight. That's a, usually you don't get to see the, the Meet the Artist guest. In the last ballet. <laughs> but she will be dancing in pop arts tonight. So, so this pop arts, um, this ballet turned out to be um, a kind of a world premiere because uh, William Forsyth ended up re-choreographing the vast majority of it. Uh, but the whole process was very different. First, a couple of his stagers came out and worked with the company teaching, you know, so, uh, a lot all the movement except for what he thought he was going to redo. And, um, and then he came out and changed a lot of that. And then there were many different versions. And then he had these improvisational rehearsals where you had to take set movement and do it in a completely different way. So tell us just about that process for you. It was one of the most interesting processes that I've been a part of. Um, I think just from the beginning, not knowing how much was going to be changed or knowing that half of it was going to be completely created on us. Um, and then him coming a couple weeks after we've already learned a lot of choreography and then getting to work uh, with William Forsyth himself was already a, an amazing experience, but then realizing how much he wanted to recreate uh, in the studio with us. Uh, we just had no idea that we were taking on so much of a premiere. Um, but it was very inspiring and it, it was a lot of work because we were in there six hours a day and trying to keep up. His, works very fast and has a lot of ideas and a lot of, he draws out a lot from his dancers. 
Um, so just keeping up and staying with his energy. That was a lot of work in and of itself, I know. He, he moves very quickly. Um, one of the most interesting things um, that I got to observe was, was the day when he would say, okay, you know that pas de deux you do, or duet? Do, do it as a solo and do it half time and take out all the repetitions or do it flamenco style. Um, tell us about that, that part of the process because I was blown away. Yeah, that was one of my favorite memories from this process was one of our rehearsals ended at uh, the end of the day, we were done and he sort of started playing the music from the finale and um, I was still in the room with him and. Uh, Joseph Walsh and he just started asking us kind of to jam out with him in the studio and we it was really fun because he just started saying well try try this choreography but with this rhythm and kind of whatever speed you want and just see where your body what you want to do and just play with it play with it and um, kind of just have fun and was really just inviting us to take what he had created and see how, what our bodies wanted to do with it, and um, it was just a really fun half hour that we ended up just spending extra time in the studio with him, and um, yeah, and then he would, I would kind of run something, and then he would say, I really like the hip movements, just give me a lot more hips, just wherever you can throw in a turn or a, more hips or a kick or throw those in there just and slowly would start to mold uh, this new choreography and also it was very special because it was he was taking what he liked from what I was doing with it and where my body was taking it and what felt comfortable for me and he was encouraging that to keep pushing it along those lines and um, some of that made it into the finale so <laughs> I'm glad you added that. I was going to ask you about it. If you're just coming in, I'm in conversation with soloist Jennifer Stahl. So, you know, one of the things about William Forsyth's work, and you've danced quite a few. I mean, we have several of his works in the rep, and, and you've danced at least a couple of them. Um, so it's not your first experience, although, although being on the, the creative process end of it certainly was. Mm -hmm. But uh, the people who, who've worked with him a lot say that he changes dancers. And it certainly seemed like you were having to dig very deep in these rehearsals. So what do you think you came away with from this experience, perhaps, that will affect all of your dancing, not just what you do in a Forsyth piece? For me, I really cherish his approach to dance in general um, and movement. He just has this excitement about movement that's um, very contagious in the studio. And he, I mean, his work is very classical. It just pushes the boundaries of classical ballet. And he pushes his dancers to push their own boundaries. Um, movement-wise and the span of your movement, um, as well as just how far you can take the movement in that moment. And that was something that, uh, even after the premiere of Pop Hearts, something that he said to me was, um, 
accomplishment is an art. And I just thought that was really beautiful. And he, they are always creating. You're always, he didn't want us to come off and say, I did that right today and check, you know, done. Um, it was, what did I do with it today with where I'm at and where I took the step. And so being very present as well. Um, and never quite being content. Like he would work, just keep wanting to rework choreography and, and not because he was necessarily unhappy with it. I never felt that way. It was more that he just wanted to see where else he could take it and um, just how he could improve it. Um, and even in, during one of the rehearsals for Pop Hearts, um, one of the little solos within the ballet that I have, eventually at the end, he was like, oh, I'm glad the rehearsal's done. I would just, I need a time, uh, I would just keep going forever, you know? <laughs> so he was glad that he had a cutoff point because, um, yeah, and I think it's also just that joy of working and reworking, <laughs> so. You took that word right out of my mouth. I was really just gonna say, he, he just seems to love the process so much. And I'm sure it makes it easier on you in rehearsals, even though you're working on such a difficult thing, because it's not only a kind of energy, but it's also, a, I think, a kind of confidence and, and a sort of a belief that he's sort of proving to you that you can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. For anybody just coming in, I'm chatting with soloist Jennifer Stahl. So, um, is, is, is there any comparison uh, you can make between Pop Hearts and the other Forsyth works you've danced, or are they all just too completely different to even try to do that? Um, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, I mean, movement-wise, uh, as I was saying before, it's expanding ballet technique, classical technique, and um, just showing what we as dancers can do and what, uh, where we can take movement um, and the rhythms and um, working together as dancers on stage. So I find that uh, all the ballets that I've danced of his, uh, there's a community on stage um, and I think the joy of dance is a common thread. Um, as far as the style, it's probably the most similar to In the Middle, Someone Elevated, um, in terms of the stage and um, atmosphere and kind of way of moving. And also with the music, it's very similar. Um, but, I don't know, there's a lot in pop parts. Every part is <laughs> has its unique style and flair. So one of the things he talked about um, last fall, we were we were talking sort of about the there's a certain logic to some of his movement. Um he may not be apparent to you, but there is. Um <laughs> uh, it's sort of an inevitability um to the flow of it, and it's a a lot of times people describe it as sort of being organic or natural. And um, and he, so he came up with a word, kinetic flow. Um, and I think that's a, a sort of a through line in, in all of his work. Um, 
does, do, do you feel that in your body? Does it, does it feel good when you're sequencing this stuff? Uh, Mostly. Some of it's very challenging because uh, we're moving this direction and that direction and um, it's very challenging. Uh, so I don't know if it would just be natural. <laughs> um, but he did really encourage, I mean he would say, I, I can only choreograph so much but you're the one that's going to be dancing it. So he wanted to see yeah, where the momentum would take us to the next step and really trying to find that coordination and connection between the steps and rhythms. Um, so yeah, I think that was the a goal and where we're trying to go. And it does feel really good when you feel that and accomplish that. So. I can imagine. So, so on program one, you also dance Magrita Mania um, by Yuri Postikov. Um, and um, in this ballet, uh, you dance the principal female role, and you have um, a solo in which you dance with one arm behind your back, and the idea of a, of a one-armed woman was inspired by the, um, the Magritte painting, um, Attempting the Impossible. Uh, so those, for those of you who don't know, Magritte Mania is kind of obviously uh, based on the paintings of Rene Magritte. So um, I just wondered, you know, what that's like for you is it, are there any balance issues or it's kind of like what do you what's going on in your head and body as you're doing this one-armed solo um well the coordination is definitely changed when you so much of our movement you're restricted and i think that was a big idea behind that choreography is just having a restriction uh, placed on you and uh, so finding, for me, I wanted to use my torso more and create the movement from, instead of using the momentum for my arms or, um, but it also was built into the choreography, so it's more just a unique experience and challenge. And, and the, other, uh, the other big part that you do is, is a pas de deux, and this one's based on a painting called The Lovers, and you and your partner have shrouds over your heads, which is a little bit of a different experience. Um, so um, did Yuri you know, give you anything to work with in terms of an idea behind this, or did you come up with a little story for it yourself in relating to your partner? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, after researching and uh, learning more about the painting and um, Magritte um, and the meanings behind shrouds, for me it was a barrier between the lovers um, and whatever that means to someone personally. Um, I think in relationships you can have different types of barriers. Um, Other than that, it's just a normal pas de deux. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that it was also a very unique experience dancing with that. Um, it also encouraged more body language because even though it is see-through, it still creates a haze. So 
Right, so you can see, but we can't really see you expressing anything facially. Not quite as much, or, yeah, without something over your face. <laughs> Okay, um, so I just I wanted to talk a little bit generally to, um, you know, one of the things that everyone here um, gets to experience is, is that there are the, the full-length story ballets, and then there are the purely abstract pieces. So, okay, story ballet, we all know those, Swan Lake. Um, and then abstract pieces um, like, for example, pop arts. Um, and then we have things that are, that are abstract but have some sort of a thematic um, drive behind them, so something like Magritte Mania. So there are, are ideas to work with, but there's no real story. So a as a dancer, is there any difference for you in working within these three different kinds of ballets? Obviously with a story ballet, you have a character, um, but are there other differences or do you have a preference for, for what feels best for you? I really tend to enjoy, not necessarily if there's a story, but a character that you can dive into. Um, I love just pure movement, but if there's some sort of atmosphere that you can create with your character or um, bring meaning to each movement, I think that's very fulfilling to perform. Um, for example, in Giselle with Mirta, um, that was one of my best experiences on stage, uh, just kind of creating that atmosphere of the forest and telling a story. And even though it was very challenging with just pure classical ballet, um, it felt like so much more important than just classical ballet. Um, and yeah, then definitely. even with the abstract, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said there's, there's definitely that conversation you're having you know, with the audience. Yes, yes. And even with abstract works or with Magritte Mania, uh, there's still a lot of emotion behind what you're dancing. And if that can translate to the audience, I think that's very special. Yeah, I, I think a, a good example of that, I, I don't know if any of you have seen Program 2 yet, and if you haven't, you have two chances tomorrow to do that. Um, and Jennifer's dancing, uh, let's see, you're dancing... Um, tomorrow? Both shows tomorrow, right? Yes, yes. So, so um, what I was going to mention, just following up on what you said, is, is Liam Scarlett's new ballet, uh, Fearful Symmetries. So I think if you want to talk atmosphere, that's got it in spades. Um, and, and you have a, a really key role in that ballet. So um, tell us about that one and a little bit about creating that ballet. Um, well, Fearful Symmetries is a intense ballet, very musical, um, a lot of rhythm, very raw, I think, dancing. and. Um, The word that always came to my mind is just very visceral, and um, he wanted it to be sensual and raw. And I, with the so, or the role that I do, we open the ballet, and um, a few times throughout the process, he would say that we were kind of 
warming up the stage and setting the tone. Um, and I felt like we were just sort of feeling out the music, feeling out the space, and uh, warming up to the movement. And yeah. It's a really powerful ballet to see in the studio with everybody in practice clothes and you know normal lighting. And then on stage, it, it just becomes this, this really amazing sort of immersion experience for the audience. Do you feel that? Is it, is it, uh, is it that immersive for you too with the unusual lighting and um, just that whole rawness to it? Yes, definitely. I mean, we are constantly coming in and out and it's pretty dark on stage, um, even for us. And, and you're constantly working with other people and keeping in rhythm with all the other dancers. And um, so you're very focused and engaged with everyone else. Um, yeah. He, he said he wanted to go for this sort of pack mentality. Do you feel that? Yes, definitely. <laughs> it, it seems different. You spoke about community earlier with, with William Forsythe's works, and certainly with, with many other works there. If the dancers aren't connecting on stage, then not much is really happening. Um, but in this one, it really is much more animalistic. It's, it's, it's like a, it almost feels like a survival sort of <laughs> Yeah, you should see backstage. <laughs> it's, it's very hard. <laughs> Dancers sprawled A lot of stamina everywhere. for that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think we'll move on to questions from the audience. So if you have a question, I do ask th uh, that you keep it short and please one per person. So anyone have a question? When did you decide to be a dancer? I started taking ballet when uh, I was about eight years old uh, after I was ice skating and wanted to, or I was told I should take ballet. And then from there I just loved it and kept going and taking more and more classes. And um, I don't think I ever really decided that this is what I want to do. And I until I really came here and got a job. I didn't, I don't even think I really thought through so much that this is my career choice or um, it, I just knew I wanted to keep going and seeing what else I could do with ballet and how, yeah, I just didn't really see an end to it, so. Anyone else? Yes. So do I notice a wedding ring? Yes. So how do you balance, that's sort of talk about career choices, how do you balance family life and being a soloist? She, she commented on the presence of a wedding ring on Jennifer's hand, so the question is how does she balance family life and, and her professional life? Um, well, I'm very fortunate to have a very supportive husband, and um, I knew that was a big sign when we were dating, that he was very supportive and he loves to come to the ballet, but, and, um, and that, yeah, when I was home, I, I was home and I was away and um, I could feel the balance just from enjoying our life together and our 
my life here with him a part of it. And um, so, yeah. You got lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. She's commenting on the, the um, interesting costumes in Fearful Symmetries and, and wondering if the dancers have named them or given each other names because of their costumes. <laughs> um, well, one of the first dress rehearsals, there were some jokes made about Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> um, and just a lot of leather. <laughs> and... Um, no, they're real nicknames, but just kind of lots of leather. <laughs> I think any nickname might be able to apply to anyone in the cast, too. So. How would you compare San Francisco Ballet to other companies in the world that you've seen? Hmm. Well, I think the diversity that we have here um, with our repertoire and our type of dancers um, and the choreographers that are brought here is very special and very unique. Um, I think we represent San Francisco very well um, just in that sense that uh, just the wide range of artists that are brought together uh, to create what we do here. And yeah. Okay. Mostly. Uh, yes. How long do you have to prepare for a new work? And of course, there's no single answer to this. <laughs> yes. So generally, if it's a brand new work, uh, we have about three weeks three to four weeks um, in the original stage when it's being completely created from scratch. Um, and, then it, and then we'll have a couple weeks before it actually premieres, uh, just the way our schedule works with being in the theater and having time in the summer to prepare the season. Uh, so it, it really isn't a lot of time. <laughs> um, but, and then there's the time once we're in the theater that they can see what's actually comes across on stage and then that everything gets thrown together with the costumes and lighting and um, all the elements kind of are seen together. But in the studio it would be about a month total. But that's also with other ballets being prepared at the same time so we're not just only focusing on this one ballet. Anyone else? <laughs> if you weren't dancing, what would you be doing? Um, I really enjoy working with children. Um, I think education and bringing children up um, is very important uh, for everyone and so I think something involving children uh, yeah that leaves it wide open for you good answer <laughs> <laughs> anyone yes. 
Yes. Let me clarify about wanting to work on this ballet. Do you want me to answer this one? <laughs> this, um, so he's asking whether uh, William Forsyth was explicit about coming to create an, a new work now that he's done pop hearts here. Um, and the answer is, is that he, he and Helgi Thomason have been talking for years about, about him creating a new work here, and it's just a matter of scheduling. Um, but uh, Helgi Thomason also very much wanted Paw Parts, and William Forsyth very much wanted to redo it in a major way, and he wanted to do it on this company. Anyone else? Is there a role you'd like to do that you've never done? Um, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I think all the roles that haven't even been created yet, I, I love being part of our choreographer's process and being part of the new works. Um, I feel like each year when I get the opportunity to work with choreographers, they're, I'm like, wow, I, this is a role that I really want to dance and that I would want to dance. So um, yeah, I think continuing to work with choreographers is what I love, um, as well as uh, I think taking on the challenge of more story ballets and um, diving into acting more on stage and telling stories on stage. Um, yeah, I have that ambition um, and would love to have that opportunity. I think I saw another hand up and that will probably need to be our last question. Someone over here? On a daily basis, how do you keep your energy and enthusiasm up to do this hard work? Um, well, rest and um, recovery is very important uh, after these hard days. And um, nutrition, knowing what your body needs and uh, what your workload is, is very important. Um, I think also being mindful of the big picture of what's happening um, and what you're striving for, at least for myself, has been very helpful in maintaining um, energy and a positive outlook. Uh, when, because it, it is a very hard, demanding job, and um, but very rewarding. And so I think keeping that in mind and. Um, just, just paying attention to, yeah. your, to yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, really. Yeah, just listening to your body, and, um, but also real, just acknowledging how wonderful it is what I get to do every day, and um, just and performing every night as 
tiring as it is, it's also extremely rewarding, and I think that is the biggest reward in itself. So just remembering that feeling. Sometimes you forget, and <laughs> but um, yeah. That's a good note to end on. Jennifer's got to hustle backstage and get ready to perform tonight. So I would like to thank you all for being here. Enjoy the show tonight. And Jennifer, thank you very much. Thank you.